0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, Sammy J here, and I'm just going to come out there and say it. I've got a very strong name. Sammy J, just one letter as a surname, no mucking around. If this were the olden days, that'd save you a good amount of ink from your inkwell as you write with your nib. Who knows, I could have got various job promotions and things because they were thinking about how much ink they could save just to write my name instead of somebody else's. These days, it still helps. If you type Sammy J, still saves you a few keystrokes, doesn't it? Are keystrokes the new nib? Discuss. The answer is yes. Good chat. We're going to have more good chats on the Snack Pack today because here's my promise to you. Every single guest today has a dead-set strong name. Morris Gleitzman. That name just oozes authority, and rightfully so, because he's written a lot of books, and I grew up reading them. Thelma Plum, not only is she super cool, but also very strong name. And then Jeff Lemon. Ah, Okay, yeah, we might have a problem with that one, boys. Don't worry, I'll, I'll ask Jeff what it's like living life as a lemon as we talk about the trickiness of complex, complicated, compromised names. All that's coming up. On the Sammy J Snack Pack, thanks for tuning in, downloading, or accidentally overhearing it in your grandmother's car. The Snack Pack. Kelly, you texted me to say your, your surname implies you like to lick men. And yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, of course, have some follow-up questions. Yes,
1: it's German, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of
2: L's in it. I I lick, men, I lick men. Oh, lickman. And
1: yeah. It really is. But the trouble is, <laughs> I'm a high school teacher. Oh. I teach in a girls' school, and every year I have to own that I lick men before they do so that I've got the power.
0: That's it. And, so, yeah. so, what's your go to line? You get up and introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, and I write it on the board and I say, This is how you pronounce it. It sounds like I lick men.
0: And everyone goes, <laughs> <laughs> And
1: they all get the giggle out. <laughs>
0: Morris Gleitzman, former Australian Children's Laureate, author of countless books, including the new short story collection, Digging Up Dad, a man who, dare I say, was a bit of a faraway father figure for me myself growing up in the 90s, as I would devour his books and he even took time to write back to my persistent letters, very politely might I add. However, today he will not only be talking to me about his books, he'll also be talking about himself as I throw some curly questions at him, because Maurice Gleitzman is the expert subject of Maurice Gleitzman. Morris, let's start by asking,
2: where were you born? I was born in a scenic but small town in Lincolnshire in England called Sleaford—not a very um, evocative and romantic name, I know—but uh, when I when I went back, because uh, I left when I was two, when I went back in my uh, late teens, I was um, pleased to discover that uh, not only did it have great burgers, but it was something of the Venice of um, <laughs> Central Eastern England.
0: How delightful! I do have—I'm going deeper on Sleaford. Do you know what the population was at the 2011 census, Morris? I'll give now you a I'm multiple guessing. choice: seventeen thousand, okay. eighteen thousand, or nineteen thousand.
2: I would say eighteen thousand.
0: Seventeen thousand six hundred and seventy-one. So you were closest to the correct answer.
2: Well done. Well, I'll take that as a, as a
0: as a compliment. Now you say you left there at two, but you moved to Australia a little when you were a little older, didn't you?
2: I did. Yes. Um, in what at the time I regarded as a violation of my human rights. My parents decided when I was 16 that the whole family would have a big adventure and um, emigrate to Australia. 16, of course, is when a hopeful young person is beginning to have dreams of romantic success. And I've been working hard at that goal for a couple of years, but um, alas, I was plucked from the bosom, not sadly of my girlfriend, but of 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 my hopes um, at that time, and I was sulky. I I drew up um, on a large piece of cardboard. I drew a, a calendar of the of the next two years because that was how long a migrant then had to stay. A, a ten pound pom had mm-hmm. to stay in Australia before they could go home without refunding the Australian government, the airfare. And I kicked off those days, one after another, in front of my parents, up until the 11th day, when it started to dawn on me that uh, I'd been brought to a pretty interesting place. And I wouldn't be talking to you today, I suspect, if, if I hadn't been brought here, because um, the opportunities to get into the media, to become a screenwriter, and then ultimately a kid's author, just weren't available at that time in England as they were in
0: Australia. And fascinatingly, Morris, it's that experience, that cross-cultural experience, particularly the relationship between Australia and Britain, that has featured so heavily in your work. I, I lived in Portsmouth for a year as a child, so when I found your, your the book starting with Misery Guts, that was to me like a it would have been written just for me because it was about that disconnect and, and family struggles and whatever's going on. That has remained a pretty consistent theme in so much of your work, hasn't it?
2: It has. I... I've written a lot of books in which kids and their families, sometimes um, separately, sometimes together, are traveling between hemispheres, either from um, the northern hemisphere down to Australia or vice versa. I, uh, if there were frequent flyer points for the number of uh, flights um, that took place in books, I would be <laughs> a wealthy um, frequent flyer. But uh, um, yes, it's it's. It has been um, a recurring theme, not just the physical journey, but all of the emotional and all the the hopes and fears that go along with these sorts of changes. And, Sammy, I should quickly say that I did write Misery Guts for you because I was advised early in my career that one should plan one's later media appearances decades ahead if possible.
0: It's showbiz, baby. On that note, what year was the sequel to Misery Guts, Worry Warts, published?
2: Ah, now this is going to be very embarrassing. Mm. I'll have to take a stab at this. It would have been... Um, well, come on. I was in been... grade three,
0: if that helps you out.
2: Oh, okay. No, no. Well, in that case, <laughs> in that case, it must have been um, um, 1994.
0: Oh, 1992. You were two years late. You were doing the sequel to Blabbermouth by 94, Morris. Sticky Beak, wonderful I book was, as well. I was, Shout out to Rowena. Morris Glatzman, the other theme alongside uh, that of travel in your books is the theme of kids' helping adults which is sort of very much a theme in the new collection of stories digging up dad has that also sprung from your life did you were you a helper growing up did you see adults who were struggling or needed that that youthful perspective around you
2: yes I I not to the extent that, that my characters do over many books um, and in particular in digging up dad but yes I think I was um, a helper and it came out of um, a quality that I, I try to give many of my characters, which is the capacity to use creative thinking to to invent possibilities for the people around you that might be slightly better, slightly happier than the ones that they're dealing with, as we all do, day-to-day vicissitudes. And um what I decided to do with with digging up dab, because I, I think a lot about how kids see the world today, see their place in their own futures and I think every kid has the right to be optimistic and um, and and think with happiness and, and positivity about what lies ahead for them. That's getting increasingly difficult in a world where if they have any growing awareness as most do as to why it is that, that parents and other adults in their lives seem to have more doubt on mm-hmm. their faces, seem to be sighing a bit more often when they look at the media, um, I think kids need all the help and, and um, encouragement they they can to hang on to that um that that optimism and that positivity and so I've written a group of stories about a bunch of kids basically who set out to make things better for their families, better for their loved ones, better for the world in general, and they do it in a way that doesn't always bring a smile to the faces of adults that um, sometimes makes adults sigh even more loudly, But they're doing it for exactly the right reason. And along the way, they're discovering just what personal resources they've got.
0: Basil, I'm talking to a herb, after all.
1: <laughs> Mate, there are only three jokes, and I get them with gusto, and I get them with... Pesto? Licensure. No, no, it's, it's, it's basil faulty, basil brush, and, oh, you're named after a herb often from women called Rosemary or Jasmine. You know, it's, it's, it's bizarre or June or July or, you know.
0: Basil, so yeah. what's your response? Do you have to be generous and laugh like it's the first time you've heard it or do you just go, yeah, I've lived with this my entire life? I,
1: I am not generous anymore. <laughs> from now on, it's you come up with something funny and then I'll laugh.
0: I just did it. See, I said I'm talking to a her, but I thought I was a comedy genius. Dare we say then that Basil is in season? Oh. <laughs>
1: That's not bad, is it? That's the, that's the, first, that's the first time I've heard that one. Well done. <laughs> Thank Kudos. It.
0: OK, it's one thing to be an award-winning, multi-talented Indigenous Australian musician who writes banging tracks, but it's another thing to be an award-winning, multi-talented Indigenous Australian musician who writes banging tracks while also being the Melbourne Fashion Week ambassador which is a very different hat to wear and hopefully a fashionable one because I imagine they get a bit judgy during Fashion Week. Maybe not. Who am I? I've never been invited to a catwalk. Let's find out, in fact, because Thelma Plum is running towards the flame. Thelma, what's your relationship like with fashion?
3: So I, lo- I love fashion. Um, I always have. I feel like I'm just constantly living my, like, childhood dress-up dreams at the moment. <laughs> um, but I've always loved fashion and... Um, I just I guess I just had no idea. I had I was like how would I where would I even begin? Someone like me, what would I do there? But
0: But it's funny cuz as a musician, cuz I know you from your music, but you still have to make fashion choices every time you perform. I do, I Does that, do. Has that played into your performance much?
3: Oh, for sure. I have had. I got to say I've had some shocking <laughs> outfits, some um, stage outfits before. Like there's you know, many years of mistakes, but it definitely does make a difference if I'm, you know, feeling pretty beautiful.
0: What are some of the most shocking ones, though?
3: Oh, I don't know. Is I- it only
0: in retrospect or like at the time you're like, this is just, this is bold <sighs> and I'm just going to.
3: W- you Big know what? Recently I decided to wear like a corset on stage. I thought, I was like, this was a great idea. And I just never thought about, you know, I need my diaphragm. I need to sing. Like that's <laughs> what I'm there for. I'm actually there to sing for, you know, for these people. But, um, and I, yeah, I remember being like, oh, I actually like cannot breathe and wondering like what should I, do? I was like, should I, like mid-performance, should I like take it off or like, you know, make it part of the show? Like what should I? And instead I just soldiered on. And I felt like I was doing a workout the whole time. I was like, <laughs>
0: Um, your latest EP, Mianjin, I absolutely adore it. Congratulations on the three ARIA nominations for it. Thank um, you. My kids love it, in particular the song Baby Blue Bicycle. They always, always want to know, why does she want a Baby Blue Bicycle? Oh, I have to explain, it's probably nostalgic. You don't necessarily want one right now, do you? No,
3: I mean, I would love a Baby Blue Bicycle. <laughs> yeah. That would be... Um,
0: Ross, have you got one? For th- yeah. No, sorry, it's ABC. Like we've actually
3: brought it out. Yeah, no, we have, here's no, one no we earlier. Um, look, I... I guess I just—that is a very nostalgic song for me. That is kind of like all, quite literal that song. So it was, um, yeah, wrote it about my old um, our old uh, council house that we lived in, and um, yeah, my neighbour Dot. It was—I don't know—I get pretty sad seeing that song still. So
0: well, let's um, have a little quick listen, and then we can all cheer ourselves up. That's a little grab of Baby Blue Bicycle from Thelma Plum's Aria nominated EP Mianjin based on Brisbane, of course, her hometown. These might break you, Thelma. Are you ready? I'm ready. For the rule of three. First question,
3: what are you seeing? What am I seeing? Yeah, what are you
0: watching or reading what or seeing? What am I
3: seeing? Um, look, I, I mean, this this week I've been seeing a lot of, like, just beautiful people. I've seen a lot of bleached eyebrows this week. <laughs> That's probably, like, the hottest thing I've seen all week is the bleached brows. Is
0: that a, like... Is that a trend, or is that just a thing that is always around? Well, somewhere?
3: I've just bleached my brows. <gasps> that look, yeah, they look great. Yeah, thank you. That's actually what I why I was bringing the bleached brows thank up. Thank you. Sorry, always. I should have said yeah, it yeah, at Yeah, no, 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 it's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, don't let it happen again. Okay. Um, no, look. Um, yeah, the, I've been seeing a lot of bleached brows and um, no chemical burns because myself, me, I did get a, give myself a chemical burn from it but all these other beautiful models with their bleach brows all week I've been seeing they've got no chemical burns so they yeah, okay. stunning, beautiful.
0: Okay, we want to go chemical burn free chemical uh, when we can. Free. What you hearing, Thelma Plum?
3: Um, I'm hearing... Um, okay, last night I heard an orchestra playing um, that Ed Sheeran song The Shape of You oh, yeah, um, and I felt like I was in Bridgerton. <laughs>
0: Was it like an orchestral version? Yeah, like a... It a, was, was, It was yeah, an orchestra, it was. So obviously. It was,
3: it was very... Yeah, I felt very opulent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. I was like, mind if I join in? No, I did, definitely didn't <laughs> you do have. that. Yeah. Because they would have had to let you. Hey, guys. You so. are Thelma Plum. Yeah, just... Award winning. Don't mind me. Ari
0: nominated. What your you tasting, Thelma Plum?
3: I'm tasting really yummy food. I'm tasting really good coffee. Um, Probably the... Oh, I guess I've had a lot of oysters this week. Yeah, <laughs> I've been. yeah. You
0: guess like you can't remember? No, You're just, I have. An no, oyster I vibe. just
3: have. Yeah, but I was like, is that what I want to taste? But it is because yeah, they've is. been really good. Yeah, great. Yeah,
0: does Melbourne do Melbourne oysters? Like, is there a thing about them for you?
3: I don't think so. I think these ones were from Sydney. I got to say, <laughs> but yeah, they were. Yeah, my last name is Shahinger, which yeah, it's not
0: easy to mess with, really. But my I remember my parents getting an invoice from the plumber. To Mr. and Mrs. Showerhanger. And my sister was a primary school teacher. I'm not sure how popular she was. Her nickname was Miss Shark Finger. And I worked in the horse industry for many, many years and uh, somehow ended up meeting Mark Phillips, who is Princess Anne's first husband. Mm-hmm. And he
3: called me Miss Shitflinger.
0: Wow! The snack pack. Jeff Lemon is a cricket writer and broadcaster. We've been talking about names this whole podcast, and although Lemon is not necessarily an outlandishly compromised surname, it certainly has potential. You know, like if you were a sub-editor writing an article about this particular gentleman, you would have some creative licence to play with the name Lemon. So what better person to round out today's pod with a bit of real talk than Jeff Lemon himself, sports commentator, sports writer, and all-round good man. Jeff Lemon... Do you like your name? I think I do like my name now, but I've, I've come to like my name
1: over time. Uh, I, being a kid, you know, if, every kid looks for something that is different about another kid in order to pick on them about it. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a weird
0: name, uh, then that is f- stop number one. And Lemon is a strong name. I I'm not going to call it a weird name, but it's a strong name because I don't mm-hmm. know any other Lemons. <laughs> well that's the thing I think that's why I've come to
1: embrace it you know because um yeah it's that primary school thing of like oh you're a lemon do you have lemon juice for blood or you know oh like,
0: you did did the, they really, oh did they the ask you that,
1: that I mean, they're just desperately reaching for something, anything. They're <laughs> like, I they must be able to make a joke out of this somehow, but there's nothing really obvious to do. Um, uh, but then, then there's also that, that subset where, you know, a lemon is something that doesn't work, you know? Yeah. In a, in a certain older kind of like a 50 year old bloke named Keith will, will know that usage of a lemon. It probably hasn't translated to a younger generation, but, no, yeah, but, you know, but it is there.
0: It's handed down. I, even yeah. I know, and I'm someone who doesn't care for cars much, but I know that I would yeah. not want to buy a lemon at a second-hand no. car shop. No, but you wouldn't want to buy a car at a fruit shop, so that goes both ways. <laughs> Lemons into lemonade, that's another phrase which implies yep. by definition that being a lemon is a bad thing. Yes, when life gives you lemons. Um, although getting a Beyonce album sort of named
1: after us is is soothing <laughs> for the lemons. Um, but I think in time that you can you become an adult and then you realise that you want to be distinctive in some way. You don't want to bl- blend in. And and if I think being a writer particularly, if if you hear that name in my sort of circle, at least people know that it's me. I'm not a, a Robert Smith or a or a you know.
0: Oh. I completely agree, and it's ever since you 've been on our show jeff i've I've loved the name for that reason it's a strong name and it 's a memorable name
1: <laughs> well it, it's a I, I think it's a name that speaks about being refreshing being being tart, being zesty, being you know a, a strong a strong flavor. People enjoy lemon when they have a sophisticated palate <laughs> um, they don't enjoy lemon when they're childish, and all they want is sugar.
0: I'm chatting to Jeff Lemon, who is very beautifully, maturely and reflectively discussing what it's like being a lemon. Someone says, please ask Jeff if anyone sings the chorus to the U2 song Lemon to him. That's Mika in um, Sandhurst. Absolutely,
1: every second day okay. I, I hear that, so, and, and it, it's particular people. So I have certain friends who can't help it. It becomes their mnemonic. So as soon as I come in the room, they go lemon <laughs> um, and then no one knows any other bit of that song because that's the only bit they know. <laughs> because it's not a very good song, but I have heard that more than probably anyone,
0: including the members of you two. Well, we've been on a journey, haven't we, today, my friends, from books to fashion to music and names. I hope you enjoyed yourself, whatever your name is. Wear it with pride. Get out there. Scream it from the mountaintops. And then once you're done, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a new episode. And tell your friends and join me in thanking Ross Kavanagh, my sound wizard for fiddling with the buttons, and my breakfast radio family on ABC Radio Melbourne. You can tune in every weekday from 5.30 via the ABC Listen app. Have a great week catch you soon